My name is Jill, and I'm a grateful alcoholic. <laughs> they, I have my honesty troop here. <laughs> they, they all came in, and Glenn reminded me this morning, you know, all I had to do was tell the truth, and they're here to see that I do that, all of them. But it's good to know I'm loved and that they're here to help support me like they've done all the way at home. I am a member of the New South Group in High Point, North Carolina, and I'm mighty proud of that group, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Um, being here at Camp Monroe again, this is my third trip to Camp Monroe. Uh, this one's a little more stressful at this point, but I know they'll pass, and I'll be able to eat lunch. Uh, I, uh, I found something special when I first came here. Roy told me early on when I got to the uh, fellowship that you got to go to Camp Monroe, and everybody said you got to go to Camp Monroe, and I didn't quite get here right away, but um, this is a special thing on my calendar every year now, and it becomes more special each time. And uh, I do thank the committee having uh, inviting me here to share with you because this is what uh, I'm supposed to do. It's not my favorite thing to do. And, uh, but, uh, I, uh, I have, uh, come to understand that you're gonna love me even when I tell you about me, and that was hard for me to accept. At Camp Monroe, I, um, believe I had, down there in the Dell, um, a spiritual experience when I first got here on a Friday afternoon, and it was hot, and I was down there by myself, and, um, uh, something happened down there in the peace that I find here, I look forward to each time, and it's, uh, it's the looking forward to and the searching for that um, makes this program work for me and gives me the power in most times to do what God's will is for me. And I'm supposed to tell you in a general way what I used to be like and what happened and what I'm like today. Um, I was born in West Texas, and I'm living proof that things ain't made bigger and better out there. <laughs> I um, I came from a, a loving family and uh, two sets of doting grandparents, and um, I had a lot of advantages, more than some and not as many as others. But I I believe, and as I look back, I was I felt loved. The one thing that I do remember, one of my first memories, is I felt different. Um, my craziness didn't come just from pouring the alcohol in. I I think now looking back, I was a little bit crazy all my life. Uh, I was, I felt loved, so I don't know why I felt so different. Um, we lived, uh, as I said, in West Texas, and, uh, during the Depression, we had occasion to move, and, uh, my brother and I were sent to a set of grandparents in East Texas, and these were my very favorite people in my whole life, and, um, we were loved. Uh, we were not to stay there long, um, I didn't understand why at that time. We were at that point sent to another set of grandparents, my mother's parents, in um, Mississippi, and I wasn't so happy. I look back now and think about feelings as a youngster, and um, I resented going to the second grandparents in Mississippi because I always had felt, and this is my feeling, I know that now, that she uh, didn't love me as much as she loved my brother, and um, I was jealous of that, and there was some resentment way back then, and um, I have found out since that... Um, the grandfather that um, we were sent away from um, drank what uh, my father believes now alcoholically at that time. We used to think it was funny because Grandpa Pat went through the garage every Saturday night, and they had to kind of shore that thing up uh, all the time. 
I don't know whether that has anything to do with why I'm standing here today, but um, that was the thing that happened, and uh, I was not aware of that until I got here. My father didn't tell me. But um, we were joined later by my parents in Mississippi, and uh, this was a real small town. And uh, as I grew up there, I stayed there until we were in the 11th grade, and I was a big fish in a little pond, and I enjoyed that. I was one of the most popular girls in town. But I have to be honest and tell you, there were only six of us in town. (laughs) Everybody else lived out in the country and were brought in on buses. It was a consolidated school. So I wouldn't have been able to tell you that a long time ago, but that's true. And uh, most of our social life uh, there, as in most small towns in the South, was uh, uh, stemmed around the church and the school activities. And uh, I was taken to church and... uh, my mother was active in the young people's group there, and uh, I went, and uh, I took the body there. And um, I guess I believed uh, that that's where I was supposed to be at that time. We uh, left there and uh, went to Alabama during the war, and uh, my father worked for the Maritime Commission there. And uh, it was um, a booming time, and I was transplanted from this security, this small town that I was so popular in, to this big city of Mobile, Alabama, and uh, that I uh, I always talk about fear. There was fear, a great deal of fear, and uh, but uh, I worked real hard to be accepted. Looking back, I worked hard for that all my life because, as I told you in the beginning, I felt different. Um, I joined everything there was to join in Mobile and did all the things that I thought everybody wanted me to be and do to be popular. My doing, but and. Uh, I uh, I still felt different. He's not used to adjusting these tall Texans. And And, uh, at this point in my life is when I began to really um, start being a people pleaser as I look back and also started doing the things that I wanted to do that made me feel good, regardless of what uh, I thought... I really should be inside. I, I was showing a different person. I became an actress. And, um, I, um, and the, this process dated a boy I wasn't supposed to date after because things got too serious with us and my parents and his parents decided this, you know, this wasn't really a healthy relationship and it should be cut off. And, um, so, um, I was, um, they made a geographical change for me in a hurry. They, uh, sent me away to school in the Mississippi Delta and put me in a teacherage. <laughs> Talk about a cloistered life. Um, but they didn't know that I was running my own life then. And uh, this boy and I uh, made arrangements, and he came up to see me there. And uh, so I, I did it my way. Um, after I graduated, I went back to Alabama and uh, worked for my father a while and uh, went to a small school for a year. And uh, one summer I went on a trip with a friend to uh, Maryland and... Uh, I wasn't to come back from there for a long time. <laughs> we, um, I met, um, thank God, I met the man that I'm married to today there. And uh, being headstrong and doing the things uh, the way I wanted to do in my own way, um, I decided that we should get married. And uh, and we did. And my parents had never seen this boy, and I didn't know him. You know, a blind luck sometimes, blind luck. And, um, and I did it my way, and my father kept saying, I'm coming to get you, come home. And uh, but, I, but I married Daddy. Anyway, we did go home. We came back south. And uh, I don't know. My parents loved Tom um, 
always, and they wonder at, at my luck in, in getting him back then because um, if they'd looked the world over, they'd say they, they couldn't have picked out anyone that they were happier with, and I know that's, that's been the best thing for me, too. We um, had a good have had a good marriage. We uh, moved a lot. He was in uh, involved in the furniture industry, and we started out in Mississippi uh, with that. We had uh, three children, all born in Mississippi, and um, a boy and a girl and another boy. And um, in our moving, we wound up, I think, as all people involved in that business, in High Point, North Carolina. I really thought that was the jumping off place of the world. I'd never heard of it, ever. And um, we wound up there. And um, alcohol, at this point, had played no part, no important part in uh, our lives at all. Um, I uh, used alcohol when I was supposed to. And uh, when we went places where it was served, I would have a drink. Um, I don't know now, and I don't think it's important exactly. People talk about when they... They moved from that point to the next. I don't know exactly what year that was. It gets further back as I grow. And uh, so somewhere along this time, as um, I begin to look forward to, I know now, to being at these social occasions where alcohol was served. And um, I, I was comfortable there. Uh, alcohol was acceptable, the use of it, and um, and I began to use it more. Not as much as... I thought then, is um, some of the people we were with, and certainly uh, not more than I should. And um, my, uh, I was a controller um, all my life. Um, I set out to be the best daughter in the world, the best wife in the world, and the best mother in the world. And um, I uh, set up things for my whole family. I, I controlled everything. I wouldn't have thought that then, but I can say that now. My children had to be and do exactly because I didn't look at them as individuals. They were appendage of Jill, and Jill was not secure, and so they had to excel, and they had to be the best. I um, Things started happening. Children grow up, and uh, they they take hold of their own lives, and they do things, and uh, they um, they begin to do these things. And I decided, because I, I was drinking at this point, I had found alcohol. I didn't... Uh, didn't know what to call alcoholism. I didn't know anything about the disease, but I had uh, certainly used it. And I decided that uh, my son, who was having problems in school, should go to military school, and that would fix him, and uh, he would be everything that I thought he should be, my son should be. My daughter ran off and married a boy, and I thought she was in love with a horse. And she taught horseback riding at, at a camp. And um, I, that wasn't what I meant for her, and uh, she did that, and that was something else to drink at. Um, my oldest son uh, graduated from school and uh, went in the service, and I didn't want him to go in the service, but he did, and he went to OCS, and I was proud of that because I, you know, it was good that my son could be an officer and a gentleman. So that that part was okay, and uh, but I drank at all these things because I had lost control. Um, we. At this point, I think my husband saw, we've talked about it, saw that I was in some trouble. And uh, I looked forward to and justified uh, all the times that I drank. It was okay to have a Bloody Mary at Bridge Club, wasn't it? That that was acceptable. Um, the fact that I had one before I got there uh, was, uh, I didn't talk about that. That was blocked out. I was getting ready to go. And um, my husband decided that, um, like a good good uh, potential Al-Anon, 
that uh, he would make a geographical change for me. So he moved us to Texas, where I was originally from, and he and I had lived there once prior to. And um, tell you folks, you can't go back. Um, we went there, and uh, he just knew that I was going to be all right when we got there. And I do believe I was uh, full-blown alcohol uh, alcoholic arriving there. Um, we took the one, the youngest son with us, the one who had been in military school, and we moved him to uh, Texas in his senior year of high school. And uh, he uh, floundered, and uh, I was floundering, and uh, Thomas uh, going crazy, getting a little sicker. Everything he did seemed to, uh, I uh, resented, and it was never the right thing. And I know now that I resented him because he didn't fix me and he didn't make things all right. And I have to admit that now. I'm not proud of it, but um, that's true. And because he had always fixed things for me, I thought. I didn't know I was a big fixer, but he had made things possible for me. And I resented the fact that he wasn't making things work well for all of us. Uh, my daughter uh, had married an alcoholic, and uh, we didn't know what that was. And uh, she was to join us in Texas and uh, for a visit, and uh, her life fell apart at that time. And uh, she was to go into a psychiatric hospital for five months, and she brought with her to Texas two grandchildren, a little two-month-old boy and uh, a little girl, two and a half. And um, I drank, and I took care of those children while my daughter was trying to recover from her emotional illness. How I did that, folks, I don't know. Uh, I did it. Uh, God must have been working in my life and said, this poor fool needs all the help she can get, you know, because I drank at all these things. My daughter made two suicide attempts during that time, and uh, that was another reason. I look back now, and I drank when I was happy. That was a good reason to drink. And when there were stressful things happening and bad things happening in my life, I, I drank at those things, too. I was a real mess. Um, my daughter was to recover, and she's, uh, my husband decided this time uh, that he, we'd think about coming back to North Carolina. But in the meantime, and I've always said that I was never uh, committed, you know, anywhere for alcoholism. Never had to go for help in those years. Um, I did, um, and uh, I went in the hospital for um, stress and emotional problems, you know. And uh, my husband arranged this for me. He, uh, he had, we had a good doctor, and he said, put her in there while, you know, give her, she'll be all right. Because they didn't know what alcoholism is, was you know, either. And um, while I was in there, uh, they, uh, a psychologist came, and they ran all these tests on me, and I answered all these questions. And he came every day, and he had all these questions, and I would check off little boxes. And we got the report back, and it said I was in a state of controlled hysteria. Now, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Don't know what that is. The only thing I was controlling was my alcohol, you know. And I didn't drink, of course, while I was in the hospital, but they gave me some pills. And um, that that felt good. And um, I also got a staph infection when I was in the hospital and uh, developed pneumonia. Went in there well, crazy, but well, and uh, got physically ill while I was there. Uh, anyway, I came out of there, and as I said, that they, they did put me there. Uh, for uh, my drinking problem, but nobody really, not even the doctor, knew what to call that. I came out and I had a little container of pills with me when I came home, and uh, they didn't do the job. They weren't the same, and I was afraid of those pills. Never was afraid of alcohol, and uh, so I uh, immediately resumed my drinking career, and it really snowballed. Um, 
we at this time, uh, my youngest son got in some problems uh, with uh, drugs, and uh, he was arrested and went to jail, and they confiscated my car, the FBI did, and tore it apart, you know, and all these things, and that was a real good reason to drink. And um, I uh, I really got on with it. Um, our uh, oldest son at that point uh, that had gone into the service had gone to Vietnam, and he was not to come back from there. And um, I drank at that. And wouldn't you drink? You know. And so I had I had all these good reasons to drink. Um, Tom made another geographical cure for us, uh, for me. He brought us back to North Carolina, and he really brought back a mess. Uh, bless his heart. He he did everything he knew to do. He just didn't know what was wrong with me, and uh, he couldn't fix me. I um, we'd been back. Just a little while. All the friends that I came back to that I'd left here, I was different then, and I gradually dropped those people. I haven't made amends to all of those yet. I, I, I eased them out of my life because um, I knew that uh, they didn't drink the way I did, and they didn't feel the way I felt. Um, I went to the doctor and uh, told him that I felt like that I might, just might be leaning on alcohol a little bit too much. And uh, that I didn't want to be like that. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. I had an inkling. I think I knew I was alcoholic. I didn't know my life was unmanageable. And I didn't know what an alcoholic was. We talked about this. And he told me to use any means, any avenues that were open for help. Um, physically, I was okay. And uh, he gave me pills. And uh, I went home with him. And I wasn't going to drink anymore. He told me about Alcoholics Anonymous. And this was in 1974. And uh, I went there, and uh, that was my church, the group that I, I first went to. The first meeting I ever went to, I walked in that room, and uh, they welcomed me. I knew some of the people there, and that frightened me to death, and I was scared to death that Delbert and all those people were going to see me going in that room. And uh, I went in there bug-eyed and frightened and not wanting to be there and didn't know why I was there. I don't remember anything anybody said. I, I remember a few of the people there. And uh, and some of them are still there, thank God. And uh, I bought every book you all had for sale. I bought every one of them. And uh, and Helen D gave me a stack of old grapevines that thick, and I took them home. And um, I took these. I, I went maybe a month. I can't remember now. And I X days on the calendar without alcohol. Now um, a little glass of wine didn't count. <laughs> And uh, so I could act that day uh, quite. I thought I justified that wine did not count. That was not alcohol. I uh, I couldn't identify with those people at all. Um, there was uh, a lady at the end of the table that had waked up in Atlanta and didn't know how she got there. And uh, that had never happened to me. I had all these I nevers, and uh, I couldn't have identified at all because um, I looked at you and and I was different. And uh, I hadn't lost anything. Oh, dear. I hadn't lost anything. Um, so I stayed just a little while, drinking a little glass of wine once in a while. And I took all those books home, and I put them in a pillowcase, and I hid them. And uh, they were to stay there for seven years. Well, I went out and did all the I-nevers. And, uh, and it was painful. Uh, I... Um, I lost my self-respect. 
I'm sure my husband lost the girl he married. Um, I was not that same person. He didn't know me. Um, he frantically tried to fix me and, and find that person. And um, he uh, he was a, I'm sure he was afraid to come home because he didn't know who was going to be there. I was so many different people. I could be happy one day and depressed the other, and I could be in there cooking up a storm one day. And uh, there were always people in our house. I couldn't be alone. Um, some alcoholics retreat behind closed doors. I hear you sharing. I had to have people around me because there wasn't anything wrong with me. Uh, I cooked for crowds. I, I bought liquor for crowds. I had my own supply in the trunk of the car in case you drink mine. I had to be sure I had plenty there when you were gone. And uh, I never hid alcohol except in the trunk of the car, and that was my warehouse. Uh, the rest of it was in there. Um, all these I nevers, I, I had someone to take care of my creature comforts. And uh, had I been out there alone, uh, I, I would have lost creature comforts too. Um, I never drank anything but vodka, so I couldn't have been an alcoholic. Alcoholics will drink anything. I didn't drink anything but vodka because I, I had someone that provided for me, and that was my choice because it didn't smell. And you couldn't tell I was using it, and uh, so I, I just drank vodka, and uh, that was okay. Um, we began to play a few games at this point. Tom was getting ill, too. Um, he poured out the vodka and put water in that half gallon, and uh, not being an alcoholic and not knowing, he didn't know the difference in the color. I did. It's cloudy. Water's cloudy. And also, the labels slip off because it's, uh, the bottle sweats. And the label comes off. And I laughed about that first, and then I got angry, and I would go to the liquor store and buy several half gallons and put them out on the kitchen cabinet and leave them there. And, you know, just angry and um, belligerent. And um, I would get up in the mornings at this point and uh, and look at me and, and wonder about me. And one morning I remembered the, the pills. And... Uh, Tom and I had uh, a few words that afternoon. He wouldn't argue with me. I really would be ready for a fight, and he wouldn't because he was so crushed, and he didn't know who he was talking to anyway. And uh, I was so angry that uh, and felt that no one appreciated me or, or really understood me. And uh, if I wasn't here, they'd be sorry. And so I took all those pills. But before I said, let me show you how crazy I was. Before I took all those pills, I took a shower, and I put on my prettiest pantsuit. Pantsuits were big then. And uh, I put that on, I was made up, and I took all those pills, and I went upstairs, and stretched out on the bed to die, and they'd all be sorry. Um, Tom, mainly. There was so much anger, so much resentment. And uh, I... Uh, my heart began to pound after a while when I was lying there, and uh, I don't know whether it was the pills or whether it was sheer terror. I did not want to die. I just wanted somebody to feel sorry for me as I felt for myself and, and understand me. And I called him, and this man came upstairs, and I told him what I'd done. And uh, the look in his eyes and the, and the, and the fright... And uh, he called the doctor, the same doctor who tried to help me earlier, and uh, asked him what to do. And uh, he said, take her to the emergency room. And he said, well, what will I tell him when, when we get there? And he said, tell him she tried to kill herself. And uh, that was hard for Tom to, to deal with, that I had tried to do that. And I, and I didn't want to die. Um, I went. And I'll tell you, 
That's the final insult. Took me in there, and um, the nurses, I'll never forget, and, I, and this is real. I didn't imagine this, and I know why today, but disgust on their faces. You know, they're down there to save lives, and here's this nut trying to kill herself and um, having your stomach pumped. Not nice. And and I told them I hadn't had anything to drink. Uh, I came home from that experience, and uh, and I was some better for a few days only. Um, I could quit being every once in a while, but I couldn't stay quit. And um, I quickly resumed my drinking, full scale and worse than ever. And um, we, uh, at this point, I, I had, uh, as I had told you earlier, I looked in the mirror and uh, I saw nothing. I was disgusted with myself, uh, the hate, the promises I made. You know, I won't do it tomorrow. I'll get up tomorrow and I'm, I'm not going to drink tomorrow. And uh, and I would do it. And I would hate Jill and wonder what was wrong with me, why um, this kept happening to me. I finally accepted the fact that I was never going to be able to not drink. And so I set about making my life the best I could and drink. Do you know that there's a book, or was, in a bookstore at High Point Mall that has a diet for drinking people, alcoholics, so you won't get sick? Now, whether it's still there or not, but I bought that book. I uh, ate. That's probably what saved my life. I ate because I was afraid that if I didn't eat, I couldn't drink, and I knew I had to drink. And uh, so I would eat food. Our dinner got later and later because um, I, I was one of those nuts that couldn't drink after I really ate a meal. And so the meals got later and later. And uh, I uh, hated me so much and so disgusted with me. And, uh, and still, as I said, trying to find out why I did this. I didn't used to do this. Why am I doing it now? Um that time, I, uh, my mother was ill, and uh, I seldom remember to say this, and I don't know why it's here today, but it is. Um, my mother was drinking alcoholically when she uh, died, and she was a latent alcoholic. Um, and I can tell you this because my father said it's true, and I, I can remember my mother calling me for help one time, and I was so in the throes of alcoholism, I didn't recognize hers. And I carried a lot of guilt uh, to this program about that. Um, I thought that I had um, given her probably her first drinks because it was always a party at our house. No, that's not true today. But I have wondered and did wonder so long what her pain was and uh, and uh, was sorry that I didn't see it and I didn't get here soon enough to, to see her pain. But uh, she uh, became ill and uh, I went there to stay with her. Uh, she was in the hospital and they uh, said that it, she was not critical. And um, we had uh, spent one year in uh, Pulaski, Virginia at this point. My mother got ill. I had to back up a little bit. And um, I said that I would catch the plane in the morning and I would be there. And um, I drank so much that night that I couldn't get it together. Have any of you ever been like that? Couldn't get it together the next morning to uh, to catch a plane. And uh, so I missed that flight. And... Uh, when I got there, my mother was uh, in the, a coma, and I never did get to talk to mother again. And I came here with that guilt and that shame. And um, and that was hard for me to deal with. Um, came back home, and we uh, we were back in High Point, and then I'm back where I was a while ago, a little fragmented. And uh, 
I uh, got up one morning and went downstairs. And I didn't say that morning I wasn't going to do it. I knew I was going to do it. And I looked out. I was standing over the sink, and I looked out the window, and I said those words that so many of us say, God help me. And I had turned my back on God. I, I think I always knew he was there. He was there for you and for me. But I was angry with him. Um, when I lost, uh, we lost our son, uh, people came and they said, you know, this is God's will. You'll never have to suffer the way the rest of us do. And uh, those kinds of things that were meant to be a comfort to me, I was so bitter and so angry, I turned that the other way and I hated God. So, you know, that's what he had in mind for me. Then I, I wanted no part of him. So I had no God, you know, to cope with through all this stuff. I know I never had him. He's the God of my misunderstanding, somebody else's God. When all these things happened in my life, if I'd had faith and I'd had something in here, you know, maybe things would have been a little easier for me, but I didn't have that. And uh, But anyway, I prayed to him that morning. I talked to somebody. I didn't know who it was, what it was, but I said, God, help me. And I sat on the kitchen floor and cried. And uh, I had cried a lot, but not it wasn't the same. And then I decided, I started thinking about what am I going to, you know, what what happens next. And I got up off that floor. And I remembered a friend of mine that I used to drink with, and, and she wasn't around anymore. We had been neighbors, and uh, someone had told me that um, that she was okay. And um, I wondered what had happened to her, and um, I remembered that she had gone for help somewhere at a facility, a recovery center or something, somewhere near Winston-Salem. And so I looked in the phone book and looked under Alcoholics Anonymous, and I called that number. And I asked about treatment center, and they told me about several, and uh, finally we narrowed it down, and they gave me the name of this place. And uh, and I believe that that's where she had gone, and she was okay. And uh, I called out there, and uh, I got uh, Ted or Tom one now. I don't remember which, who answered the phone, but I got one of those people. And I asked them all about this uh, place and uh, made an appointment to go out there and, and see them. And uh, and I did go. I didn't tell Tom I was going. I, I went out there, and uh, they uh, I made a tour. <laughs> they showed me the dining room and the dorm and all these things, and I asked them about the swimming pool. And uh, and I asked them about television. He said, "Yes, we have television," you know. And uh, after the tour. Um, went in the office and, and uh, it was Ted at this point and he, I sat down in a chair and I, I felt about that big. I was so frightened and uh, he said, girl, what do you want here? And I said, I, I, um, I, I want to feel better and I, I don't want to, I don't want to use alcohol. And uh, he said, well, what do you want to do about it? And I said, well, can I, you know, can I come here? It's like, can you fix me? And uh, he said, yeah, when you want to come? And I said, tomorrow. And uh, he said, what's wrong, you know, about me? I said, well, I have to go home and, and to, you know, do some things. I have to get my clothes. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to fix things at home. I hadn't fixed things at home in so long, uh, really. But I had to go do all these things. And uh, so I uh, I went home, and, and I did go to the grocery store, and I did stock the refrigerator, and uh, I did a lot of laundry and a lot of packing. I'd ask him what kind of clothes we needed there, and he said casual. You know, and uh, so I put together this stuff. And uh, when Tom came home, I was 
pressed him some clothes, and he said, and the suitcases were out, and he said, is your father ill? And uh, I said, no, I'm uh, I'm going to ARCA. And he looked at me, and, and uh, he said, what's an ARCA? And uh, I said, well, it's a, it's a recovery place for uh, people with problems with alcohol. And uh, the the disbelief, I know he, he just did not believe this, but uh, he grabbed it, you know, he grabbed it in a hurry. And uh, and he said, what can I do to help you? <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and uh, so we got it together, um, like good alcoholics are to do. Uh, I uh, I tried to drink that night. There was there was some left in uh, my favorite half gallon, the one I displayed for the public, and uh, I thought I would finish that. I drank that night. Um, I never felt a thing. I just did. I couldn't get there. That had begun to happen anyway, and uh, it, it, I tried and I tried and I tried, and nothing happened. And uh, I gave up and I I went to bed. And I got up, and uh, Tom asked me if he could go with me, and I said, you can take me because I understand I can't have my car there. I won't be able to, to leave there when I go. And uh, and we went out there. And um, when I walked in that place, um, something happened. A, a little something happened the day before, but that day when I walked in there, I was I was home, only home is, uh, that I'd ever known. Um, I Tom didn't think I'd stay there. Um there were all kinds of people there, thank God, and um, he just didn't think I'd stay. And um, I walked in there, and I believed everything they told me. I had so much pain, and and I saw something in their eyes, and um, they, their eyes were clear, and there was a promise there. And um, in those classes and in the sharing there, they they uh, slowly began to tell me and share what had happened to them. And I believed that it could happen for me. I had the privilege of uh, Frank Chance, who we all loved, and uh, he was there when I was there. And, and I'm grateful for that. He gave me a lot. Um, the main thing they gave me there was um, the tools that we use here in our fellowship. And... Uh, I found those there, and I'll be ever grateful to them for that. I didn't understand, you know, everything. and uh, But as I progressed, I was very fortunate getting there. They were beginning on the first step, the first class I went to. So I had the privilege of coming in right at the beginning. Sometimes you go in there, and it's in the middle, but I don't guess it matters. But that was good, and uh, I did everything they told me to do because I believed them. Um, I uh, approached the time for that ever-threatening inventory. And everybody talked about that, and it terrified me because I, I, I didn't know anything about me at that time. And uh, But I did that because I wasn't going to be able to graduate unless I did it. And uh, so I did that, and uh, more things started happening, and I began to understand a little more about myself, that I had been ill since... My first beginning, uh, first recollection I have, I had done crazy things, and uh, I uh, was afraid to leave there. I thought God lived at Arca, and and I was afraid to leave there. And uh, but I didn't. I have to go back and tell you, I didn't call it God then. I they gave me good orderly direction, and that's what I went with because I couldn't say God. 
uh, and I was able to do that. And I came back home after doing, giving this lady my fifth step and terrified me because I walked in the room to do that. It was a lady I'd known. And I didn't know she was in this fellowship. And uh, I, didn't, I hadn't planned on that. And uh, I did ask her later to be my sponsor because she knows all the things that they tell me is not necessary to air here and about Jill. And um, the one thing I wasn't going to do leaving that place was go back to my church, to that group at New South. I'm going back there. And um, where do you think the first place I went was? Right there. Because that's where my sponsor was, and uh, and that's where she took me. I walked in that room, uh, new again, and uh, there was so much love. There still is so much love in in that, that room, in all the rooms that I go in. And uh, I didn't know uh, that I was going to be able ever to be able to say God again and mean it. But it was in a sharing meeting, in a step meeting, that I said it. And, uh, and I thought, well, gosh, you've come a long way. You know, you, you said that, and you, you, you really believe that now. God of my understanding. I, um, y'all loved me there. You loved me until I could love myself. And, uh, you helped me and guided me through. Because I've learned more about the steps as I've gone along. I still am learning more and more about them. Um, my husband was, to go into Al-Anon, and he came home one day, and he said, guess what, I'm sick. And he didn't know that. And uh, and God bless them for helping him, because uh, that helped me, too. He went there for him, but it did help me. And uh, I, uh, I don't know when I'm going to ever be able to say how grateful that I am for the things that have happened to me. Since I got here, this is the, there are good parts. Um, the son that uh, was left at home with us that got in the drug problems, um, when I went to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, my husband called him and told him and found that he had been in Al-Anon for two years. And uh, that's why he was so kind when he came home. And, and I, I felt more comfortable with him. He, he had found something with you Al-Anons um, that helped him. Because uh, he suffered with my alcoholism. He was the only one left at home, and, and he did suffer. I always said that none of my children were really touched by this. only hurt me. And um, they have been touched, people. They, they have been touched. Uh, whether they live at home with you or not, that alcoholic behavior uh, was uh, they, they grew up with. And I always had that. The good things, uh, most of the promises have uh, come true in my life uh, a little at a time some more than others, and um, I uh, have found a profession. I had never worked. I have a profession now, and I could feed and clothe myself, and that's a revelation. I uh, I didn't know I had any skills, and uh, that's been good. Uh, that's been good for me to know that, and, uh, and it makes me feel better about myself, uh, that I can do this. Um, I... Uh, have the dearest friends that uh, that I've ever had and feel more love than I've ever felt before. Um, some bad things still happen. Uh, it's, it's not all rosy. Um, last year, uh, a little over a year ago, um, we came to find out that uh, my daughter uh, had come to this program. And I tell you what, I lost it all. I didn't have anything. 
I didn't want it to be true. I couldn't accept it. I was in denial. And um, I was crazy. I called people. I, I remember calling Peg. And she said, well, I never had a kid with a problem. You know, and, and I was crazy. And um, I didn't want it to be true. I forgot everything you told me. I uh, I wasn't grateful she knew what to do, where to go. I just didn't want it. And I reverted. I was just a mother, and, and, and I wasn't, you know, I didn't fix something. And uh, I resented it. I, I was just crazy. Uh, one of you called me one morning after I, sh- I shared it with the whole world. Thank God I knew to do that. And uh, one called and said, Jill, there's one thing you've forgotten. Alcoholism is a disease, just like diabetes. And said, your daughter has an illness, and she's gone for help. And I had forgotten that. You know, I reverted back to the, the old thinking when I felt it was so immoral of me to be a drunk, and all that stuff came flooding back, and as I said, I lost it. But I got it back with your help, and I'm so grateful today that she's all right, and she did know what to do, even if her mother didn't know. Um, she's fine now. Um she has three children, and they know about us. They've uh, they've been to the treatment center that I went to and, and walked around and looked there. I think it's important that they know about this. These children ain't got much of a chance. Um, they have alcoholic grandparents all around, grandmothers mostly, one grandparent. Um, my daughter's been married twice, and um, her um, my grandchildren just have alcoholics all around them. My daughter married an alcoholic. His whole family are alcoholic. Those grandparents are alcoholic. Um, her second marriage, the grandmother, and God bless this program again, sober in this program 15 years, but um, the disease is there. And uh, so I want my grandchildren to know, and I hope that I have the sanity, if, it, if they ever need us, that I won't revert again like I did with my daughter and, uh, and not want to accept it. But they know where we are. They know uh, what happened to me. And they lived through that, and because uh, I, I kept these children so much, and uh, they were so much a part of my life, and still are, and uh, so they'll know where we are. I had um, other sadnesses. Oh, I, my youngest son, he um, he's kind of pulled away from us, and um, frantic mother that I am, I always felt I had to put my finger on those that I love and know where they were and what they were doing every minute. And there he's having a difficult time of it And uh, last year. And uh, we didn't hear from him a lot. And he was completely lost to us for a while. And um, I was going crazy again. You all helped me through that. And I did. I had rug burns. I absolutely had rug burns. And uh, because I do believe it's necessary for me to uh, go to my knees. And I didn't go quick enough. I, hang, I, I hung on to this pain and I... I agonized and I couldn't sleep and I, and I didn't do any of the things that uh, that I should have been doing as soon as I, sh- I should have. And uh, I shared with you and uh, Roy called me one morning and asked, you know, how I was doing because I'd shared at a meeting. I was pretty torn up. And uh, God works wondrous ways. Right after Roy hung up, my, my son called. <laughs> and see, I, I agonized and we heard from him and he was okay. And uh, now we, uh, he did come home Christmas, and, and the family was all together again, and, and that was great. And uh, and now uh, we know that uh, he has to walk my path, and uh, 
I'm sad about that, but he certainly knows where we are. He's had Al-Anon, and, um, and he knows what's happened with me. And uh, when he's ready, he'll get here. And uh, I was able to accept that and let that go. And uh, I prayed about it. And uh, it's okay this time. It's like so many of you have shared. You know, we, they just have to go do it themselves. I can't... Uh, can't control his life anymore, and I sure tried. I carried that kid around on my hip when he was eight years old, because he was small, and he was my baby, and uh, and I didn't want him. I, I I still don't want him to hurt, but it's it's necessary for him to uh, walk his own way and find out the way I found out, I guess. And um, that's hard for me to deal with, but he's going to be all right. I know he is. I um. Uh, I feel so good coming down here this weekend. Um, I've had a peace. I brought a lot of stuff down here with me. I always do. And I leave it down here. And the sewer system's great down here, even if they say it's lousy, because all that stuff gets carried away from when we get back next time. It's all cleaned up and it's all nice and it's ready for us to come. I, uh, I take home a lot from here. Um, and I hope that being here this morning, and sharing my uh, experience and the pain and the hope. You all can take some of that home with you. And uh, that I've left some more crap down here and taken home a lot more than, uh, than the mess I've left. I'm taking home good. And I appreciate the committee having me here and having you all loving me here. I felt the love this morning. I'll tell you what, I was scared to death. And I felt so loved, and and I I love every one of you. And come high point and see us.